really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Thanks for joining me here again today. I just really love having these one-way conversations here where I share things that are going on for me. And I've been talking recently a lot about healing our childhood wounds and dealing with shame. And then last week, about how we need to mourn our own childhoods and the losses that we experienced in childhood. And this week, I wanted to talk about how can I ever feel good enough? Because I realize when we live in a cycle of shame, where we constantly feel shame from the past within us, And that shame causes us to judge our own behavior in the present time as never being good enough. That adds to the shame that we feel and it creates this vicious cycle that we need to be able to break at some point and be able to accept ourselves as we are and just feel good enough as we are right now. This week, On Facebook, I believe it was, I saw this amazing video. It's been shared over and over again. And if if you ever go on social media, you might have seen it. But it's a video of a four-year-old boy talking to his mother about his emotions. And it's really phenomenal. And I've watched it numerous times now. And it blows me away. The little boy is explaining that he got upset earlier because his mother told him he couldn't go outside and play. And she said that was a consequence um, for, for your previous behavior. And he said, yes. And he said, well, I felt sad that I couldn't go outside because I wanted to. And then I got upset and I acted mad. And that's why that happened. And it was amazing to watch this four-year-old processing his own emotions, how self-aware he was, how he was able to actually reflect on what he felt inside, why he felt that way, and how it led him to behave in a way that he now regretted. And he said, I didn't make a smart choice for myself, which I thought, I just, I don't know, it's the sweetest thing. But he talked about emotions. And he said, these are emotions. And his mother said, yes. And she said, we all feel upset. And we all feel disappointed and feel sad when we don't get something that we want. All of us feel that at times. And he went on to say, but I didn't, I didn't make a smart choice with my emotions. And he showed regret that he was sorry for the way he had behaved. And his mother said to him, we are learning, we're all learning. And it was so sweet and so kind. And then he, he goes on to say, he, he gave his mother a big hug. And he said, and you still love me. Um, even though I didn't handle my emotions today. And she said, of course, of course, I still love you. And it was this amazing example first of, of the mother's parenting skills, but obviously that she's been teaching this child all along. 
to be able to talk about emotions and to recognize his own emotions. And I, I saw a number of people comment like, this child has more emotional intelligence than most adults I know, which is so very true. And it's powerful to realize, you know, a little child can be taught to experience an emotion, to reflect on it, to choose how to behave because of that emotion, and to also recognize that sometimes they behave in ways that they regret, that later on they wish they hadn't done that behavior and they're able to take responsibility and apologize for it, and suddenly everything becomes okay. There's a, a resolution for that mistake that was made. And it's incredible. And I, I just think of the fact that here's this little boy who he had no shame about admitting his emotions and even talking about his behavior, that he didn't make the smart choice. But as his mother reminded him, he's learning and he'll do better the next time because he's learning about how to handle these emotions. And I, I just think, wow, for most of us, my age anyway, we were not raised with that kind of awareness of emotions. No one taught us about our emotions or how to manage them or how to reflect on them and how to even, even apologize and not judge ourselves really for our emotions and for times when they get out of control, but to make amends and to make things better if we have behaved in a way that we regret. So anyway, it's a, it's a powerful little video. And I think there are a lot of adults who've watched it who are sitting back thinking, wow, I need to behave like this four-year-old. I need to get to this place where I can live with my own emotional being the way this child can, the way he's been taught to do by his mother. So that made a really big impression on me. And again, it helped me get in touch with how much shame I feel inside about my own emotions when anger or jealousy arise or greediness, um, sometimes vindictiveness, when those feelings arise in me. I feel ashamed that I have those feelings. And oftentimes I end up trying to repress them or I try to punish myself for having them. It's an embarrassment to me that I feel those things. And I, and listening to this little boy, I realize his understanding is just that it's normal to have these emotions. It's normal for them to come up. It's okay. I just make a good choice about how I'm going to behave. And I realize, you know, I do make the good choice most of the time. I don't act on the negative emotions. And yet, I still feel the shame for the fact that I have the negative emotions at all, that they arise within me at all. So anyway, as I looked at all this, I, I'm aware of this chronic feeling of never quite being good enough. And having these negative emotions within me is one piece of that, is feeling like that that is a is there something wrong or something broken something that i need to repair and if i feel so, ever feel a negative emotion it's not good enough i need to make that better i need to reach a point where those negative emotions don't arise and that's just not true that's just not how it is and it's not even possible so this week it led me on a little search 
of, you know, how, why is it that most of us feel we're not good enough? Most of us judge ourselves harshly and look at ourselves in a negative light. And one thing I found is that we are actually hardwired, our brains are hardwired to compare ourselves to others and to judge how we match up compared to other people. And that that's actually a survival skill because early humans had to compete with one another in order to survive. And it's important to know where you stand in the pecking order so you kind of know what you can get away with or how far you can go um, in, in order to survive and continue to exist in this harsh and challenging world. And then also we're hardwired to fear rejection because for our primitive selves to be rejected by the tribe means almost certain death and so that's the that's the hardwiring in our brains in our primitive brains that we're dealing with inside this uh, a tendency to always compare ourselves with others to figure out where where we stand in the pecking order and to fear being rejected by others so it makes sense that we're pretty hard on ourselves. We judge ourselves and it feels like a big deal if it seems like we're not good enough. It feels pretty threatening and we have a desire to, to do better and be better. And on the one hand, that's a good thing because that's the drive that helps us keep learning and growing. But it's the fact that the drive to learn and grow is accompanied by this sense of shame and a sense of not being good enough, not being as good as other people are. So again, watching this four-year-old boy who didn't judge himself in a negative way at all and didn't seem to feel shame, he could just talk about his emotions in a matter-of-fact way, explain them, understand them, and learn about them, and then make an apology when it was necessary and that's phenomenal. Like that's actually where each of us would like to be. And we each need to be in terms of how we manage our emotions. I read one study that said when people try to prove to themselves that they're good enough, they actually end up being externally focused. So they're looking for signs outside of them that they're as good as other people. And they may focus on things like success, how much money they make, what they achieve, um, fame, beauty, and looking for any of those external reminders of being good enough actually causes the opposite reaction, actually causes us to feel chronically bad about ourselves. Because when we look outside of ourselves for validation, we simply don't find it there. And it can lead to feelings of depression and anxiety. And again, even more feelings of not being good enough and shame. So it contributes to that whole shame cycle that I was talking about earlier. And this particular person advises shifting our focus away from trying to be good enough externally and looking within at how we're growing as people and focusing on practicing compassion and gratitude and forgiveness, all of which I, I believe in. But I also understand if we are trapped in a cycle of shame, 
it's very hard to be genuinely giving to other people because we simply don't feel that we're good enough to give to them. We question whether or not, you know, what do I have that anyone else would want? How am I good enough to create something that that would help someone else? So, you know, I understand this idea of shifting the focus on how we can be compassionate toward others, but I think we have to heal something within us before we can get to that point. And it comes back once again to self-compassion, which I've talked about over and over again. And even before self-compassion, self-acceptance is finding out how can I be okay with myself as I am, with who I am, being flawed, not being perfect, having emotions that sometimes go off the rails and that sometimes lead me in the wrong direction and that overtake me and control how I behave toward other people. And how can I accept that I'm good enough even with my flaws and even as I am. And so looking again at the self-compassion literature, one of the, one of the uh, affirmations to begin with is to remember that everybody makes mistakes. That's what this mother, who was such an amazing parent, was reminding her son. Like all of us, we all get disappointed. We all feel sad sometimes when we don't get what, what we want. And that's such a good reminder for us as we reparent ourselves to say, hey, you know what? This is totally normal. Of course, I feel these things. Of course, I feel angry. I feel jealous. I feel greedy. Of course I do. That's normal. Everyone feels that way. It's, it's all right that I have those feelings. I, I'm not alone in that. And the second half of that that the mother reminded her child of is, I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. And so the more I'm able to get comfortable with myself as a flawed human being who's definitely not perfect, the more I am able to sit and look at these emotions that arise in me and accept them as they are and even accept my behavior when it doesn't match up to what I would like it to be. And instead of judging myself and feeling more shame to simply say, well, I'm, I'm trying and I'm learning. And just like everyone else, we're all working on these things. We're all learning. And that's what it means to be human in this world, is to be in this place of constantly learning from the experiences that we have. So I really think before we can turn around and start to show our compassion and gratitude and forgiveness to others, we have to do this inner work. And we have to develop the emotional skill within ourselves to sit with our flaws and to look at our shadow and look at our imperfections and our wounds and not judge, not run away and hide, not try to repress it, not condemn ourselves, but to sit and simply be with the reality of how it is. And it that can help us overcome narcissism, which sometimes tends to shove aside the negative behaviors and only focus on what we do well and build up self-esteem based on what we do well in an attempt to ignore the flaws that we have. But we're way better off if we 
if we can just sit with those flaws and sit with our mistakes and allow them to be there and practice being comfortable with who we really are, um, all the good and all, all the bad, all mixed together. And another suggestion that someone else had is to get comfortable being ordinary. And that's also a good antidote to narcissism is to view yourself as just an ordinary person like everyone else. I don't have to be special in every way. I don't have to be better than anyone at anything. I can just be me. And it's okay if just being me is kind of ordinary. And, um, I'm kind of a lot like other people. I'm unique in my own ways, but I don't have to be some amazing, spectacular being. I don't have to prove to myself that I am that. I can love myself and like myself as just an ordinary, everyday person who does small, good things in the world every day. And it reminded me a little bit of, um, I think I talked about this once before, but in the past, um, I developed this, this concept in my mind. I called it little bit, a little bit farther and it, I actually use it when I was running and trying to increase my running distance, the, the amount of the distance that I could run every day. And I actually, I had a specific goal. I was trying to run uphill up this canyon to a waterfall and so it was uphill and sometimes quite steep in some places and I had this goal in mind that I wanted to be able to run all the way to the waterfall and there's no way at the beginning I could come even close to that but I set it as a goal for myself and what I did the first day I ran as far as I could until I felt like I cannot go I can't go any farther and I stopped there and went back down the next day I ran to that point and I took two more steps beyond the place I had reached the day before and every day I did that I went a little bit farther sometimes two steps sometimes maybe 10 steps farther than I had the day before but before I knew it suddenly there had been this tree, a big tree I'd seen next to the trail quite a, quite a bit further up the mountain. And before I knew it, I was able to run all the way to the tree. It was phenomenal. And so every day I could see just a tiny bit of improvement, getting a tiny bit better. And the good thing about it is that I wasn't comparing myself to anyone else. I was starting with me, who I am right now and how I can, how far I can run right now in this moment and just going a tiny bit further. I wasn't pushing myself in a way that could hurt myself or make me too tired. I was just asking a tiny bit more of myself, just the smallest little bit a little bit of ordinary progress, two steps at a time. And by the end of that summer, I was able to run all the way to the waterfall. I accomplished the goal that I wanted, but I did it in such tiny increments that I never felt stressed or tired or overwhelmed by it. And I never got discouraged. In fact, every day, I could look back and think, wow, I went a little bit farther than I did yesterday. That's a good thing. So I was thinking about this idea of celebrating the tiniest successes 
that maybe that's a good thing for us to be aware of is where am I right now with the things in my life that I want to improve? And can I make the tiniest little step forward? Can I do one thing a tiny bit better tomorrow? Is there some little thing I could learn today that would help me manage this a little better the next time around? So I do like that idea of finding joy in our our tiny little moments of improvement, which is kind of ordinary, again, and not expecting ourselves to be spectacular, amazing, just allowing ourselves to take little steps and be pleased and happy with the little bit of progress that we make as we go and also be comfortable on the days when we don't make progress. Maybe there are days we don't try because we're too tired that day or maybe there's a setback and we have to go back a little bit and redo some of the progress again. That's okay too. We learn as we go and we're working toward a small goal a little bit at a time and we're accepting and non-judgmental of the days when it just doesn't go as well as we wished it would go. I think that's I think that's a really good way to proceed as we as we try to figure out how to feel good enough about ourselves. And Another idea that someone else had is being helpful to other people. And what occurred to me is that maybe in the beginning, we could try being helpful to strangers in the tiniest way. And and maybe it's something the simplest thing, like just holding a door for someone. Or maybe we help someone pick something up that they dropped on the sidewalk when they were passing us. The smallest, simplest thing and if we start by reaching out to a stranger, there's there's very little at risk there. These are people that don't even know us, that we may never see again. They're not judging us. They have no expectations of us. There's no reason for us to, to fear that we'll be rejected or judged by the other person. And we can make this tiny gesture of something kind that says, oh, I recognize you could use a little bit of help right now here you go. I'm here. I'll help you. And that tiny gesture is something, again, that we can build on over time a little bit more and a little bit more. And I think this idea of being helpful to a stranger is a really good way to start. Because as I was saying before, sometimes our shame is so great and our self-judgment is so great that we honestly don't believe that we have very much to offer other people around us. And it may feel too risky if I try to help someone that I know uh, and I fail at it or it isn't truly very helpful or the other person doesn't appreciate what I do, uh, there's risk there that I'm going to feel more self-judgment. I'll feel more shame and self-judgment. I won't, I won't feel that I lived up to what I was trying to accomplish. So again, if, if we do the tiniest little bits of kindness for people we don't even know, that's a great way to start, a great way to start going outside of ourselves and even seeing, you know what, <laughs> I, hey, I'm good enough. I'm good enough to do something nice for someone who needed, needed something and needed just a little bit of kindness in their lives. So 
that's uh, that's something I feel really good about the idea of starting by helping strangers. And again, because you can totally just be yourself. You don't have to be someone amazing and wonderful to help someone pick something up off the ground that they dropped. Um, You can just be yourself and you can make that small gesture. So uh, to just reiterate some of what I was talking about and to go back to the lessons learned from the four-year-old boy who's like already such an amazing teacher for all of us is first to just allow ourselves to be aware of the emotions that are arising and to sit with them and not judge them. Sit with them until we understand them, till we kind of see clearly what those emotions are. And and we can also understand where they came from and why they're rising up within us and be able to accept them if they're emotions we don't necessarily like, we don't feel good about, but be able to accept them as they are. And in the process of, of feeling and experiencing the emotions, be able to also see our own behavior because of the emotions. How did the emotions affect our choices and the way we behave towards someone else or what we said or did? And is there something we feel disappointed about in our own behaviors or something maybe we need to apologize for or make amends or maybe we need to hold ourselves accountable in some way, but then also say to ourselves, it, it's okay, I made this mistake, I didn't make the best choice today, but I'm learning and I could do a little bit better tomorrow because of what I learned today. So remember, none of us are alone. We all make mistakes. We all feel negative emotions. They're going to arise in us. They're not shameful. There's nothing to feel bad about having powerful, sometimes negative emotions that come up in us. And we're learning how to manage them. We're learning how to understand them, see where they come from. We're learning how to accept them. And we're learning how to apologize and make amends when we need to, when that's an important step for us to take in order to feel whole. So I'm learning every week. I'm learning new things. And it's great. It's really wonderful at my age to be picking up some new ways of thinking about myself and looking within myself. And I hope you feel that too in your own life. And um, I hope some of these insights I have sometimes are helpful to you as well. And um, thank you to all of you who reach out from time to time and send me messages. I really appreciate hearing about um, why you listen or how some of the things I share have been helpful to you. That's That helps me to know that this is a good thing that I, I should continue to put my time and energy into. So thank you so much for that. I'll be back next week with another topic to discuss. And until then, remember that we're here for love. That is our prime directive in a way to learn how to love as purely and clearly as we possibly can. So face your fear, be ready for whatever life brings you next, and love each and every moment of your very precious life. Bye-bye.